the end of the service tonight, this is our last message on this No More Fear series that we've been on since April. And uh, tonight is our last message, and I want to I pray for, if, if you want to be prayed for, I want to lay hands on everybody in the house tonight um, at the end of the service. Um, because I have something to release over every person tonight in the name of Jesus. And I, you know, what, what we're, what we're going to step into in September, the, the series that we're stepping into in September uh, on Sunday has to do with, with our words. You'll see the new title and all that, but what we're talking about is the tongue. And, you know, part of what we teach about the tongue is a daily routine of confessions out of your mouth. And, and those confessions are not intended to, in, in a specific moment, have something that's going to work like magic in the moment as a result of you confessing something. Those confessions are our daily routine to change the way that we think so that as my tongue is connected to my spirit man, when I say things in the moment that God wants me to say to get results, then I have what I say. But the power that is working on the inside of us will never come if we don't change what we say. It'll never come. Your, your spirit man will not be connected to your tongue. Your head will be connected to spiritual information. But when push comes to shove and things get difficult, out of the abundance of inside of you, what's really on the inside of you is what's going to come out of your mouth. Just making confessions are not the whole thing. But that's where it starts. And that's what has to be maintained in our lives all the time to get these above anything that we can ask or think experiences to manifest. And I'm just telling you right now, we're the key to it. He's the power. He's got all the goods. He's given us everything that we need. But we're the key to seeing these above anything we can ask or think things happen on the inside of us because... When I shut something down in the natural, when I shut down an, a, 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 a response coming from me that could come from me as a result of a negative circumstance, when I shut it down and I refuse to allow my tongue to get involved in that in a negative way, it's because something's working on the inside of me. And that's what opens the door to situations that are beyond what our natural mind can think. See, I don't know about you, but I can think of a lot of stuff. 
I mean, I can think of a lot of things that I want to see manifested in life. But they will only come based on the spiritual aspects that are working inside of us. That's what we're going to talk about starting Sunday. I'm ready to start talking about it right now. You can tell because I am. But I got to finish something tonight. Got to finish something. And I got to release something over each one of you tonight if you want to be prayed for. I got to release something. And I, I, I can't encourage you enough to continually go back and listen to or download the podcast, um, the messages on this series concerning No More Fear. I can't tell you how important it is for you to do that and not let this just be a good series that you heard, but something that's working on your behalf every single day. Amen? Listen to me. Everything you need to be free from fear is in the seed of the word that you heard preached. Now, I mean, there's lots of great messages all over the planet where this is concerned. But I'm telling you as your pastor, it's important, the Bible says, for you to believe in those that have taught you something and watch that word make changes on the inside of you. And it it will. I'm not saying there's not other great messages because everything I've preached, nobody preaches something that is original with them. Everything I've preached to you, I've heard preached in some form or another. What I did is I made it my own. Amen? I've never heard some of the messages that I've preached preached the way I preach them. Doesn't mean they haven't been, but I've never heard them preached that way because I made them my own. From my own experiences and what I've seen work in my own life, God wants you to do the same thing in your life. So where when you're telling somebody something that is great, it's not just because Pastor Bert said that. And it's okay that you repeat something that I said. There's nothing wrong with that. But you, you want to tell people it's this way because it's working in me. Can you say amen? Because you believe it. That's what really matters. And that, that's our desire to see each one of you grow in that revelation like you've never had in your life. And I tell you what, when you have no fear, then you can handle anything. Can you say amen to that? So we, just a couple of foundational scriptures that we talked about throughout the, all these, these last few months. Psalm 34, 4. David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. And, and, and after all, expound, the, all the expounding that we did on that verse of Scripture, I'll read that again, and this is what I have to say about this verse. I sought the Lord, David said, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. And what I have to say about that is, me too. Everybody say, me too. Yeah, if God delivered David... On this side of the cross, because of what Jesus did, I have the right to be totally delivered of all fear in my life. And I say, as I've sought the Lord, God has heard me, and fear has no place in my life. That's the way I word it. Can you say amen? To me? Can you say amen for you? Yes? Because it matters that you're saying those things and believing those things. Amen. We read this a number of times in the last few weeks, and I just want to give this to you again in John 14, 27. Jesus said this, peace I leave with you. He said, Jesus said, my peace, his peace, he gives to us. Not, not as the world gives, 
because there's all, we, we talked about it many different ways and different times, different examples, how the world has strings attached to peace, but not Jesus. His peace, and I'll say it like this, his peace manifested in me is the proof of my victory day to day, circumstance and situation to situation. His peace manifested in me is the proof of my victory. So he gave me the peace. I've got to accept it and receive it. And notice what he tells me or what I have the ability to do with that peace. With that peace, I have the ability not to let my heart be troubled, neither to allow myself to be afraid of things. And you, you remember how through the weeks and we talked about and I got in people's faces and spit on them and all that kind of stuff. That fear comes at you and it'll get on you, but it doesn't have to get inside of you. Amen. It'll come at you, right? But when it comes, no, 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 no. God didn't give me fear. No fear, no fear. God doesn't give fear. I don't receive it in the name of Jesus. I shut that down. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't care what my body feels like. I don't care what my financial situation, I don't care. I give no place to the fear. That's what I have to do, see? And if you're not developing a routine of what God says about you and what his promises are on a day-to-day basis, when those things come, that's where they get the best of you, when you have nothing inside of you to resist it with. The resisting from the, from the internal man is what is connect, has to be connected to the tongue that has power that produces results. And I'm telling you tonight, we are that people. Amen? We are. The church is that people. I mean, all over planet Earth, I don't, don't listen to statistics and people that are talking about how this group's taken over and that's taken No, no, no. The church of Jesus Christ is taking the planet over. Amen? This year, this month, there's 7.2 billion people on planet Earth right now. I mean, it's been really increasing. 7.2 billion people on planet Earth, and God doesn't desire for one of them to perish, but all of them to come to the saving knowledge. I don't know about you, that means we got a lot of work to do. Hmm? But man, we, we are made for it. We're up to the task. Who can say that's me? Amen? That's us. Right. Why? Because of what he's done, he's empowered us to do this. That's what we were created for, to have this power, to live in those Ephesians, in, in that Ephesians 3.20 experiences in our lives. That things happen for us that go beyond anything that we can even ask or think of. God wants you living in those type of experiences because of what's working in you. Listen, when, when an above and beyond experience and situation happens in your life, and you know it happened because of what's working in you, man, this, the next one's just around the corner. Because we were created. That's, those aren't selfish things. You, you understand? I mean, the other day, I was praying and speaking over somebody, you know, that it's a family member of mine, and I'm speaking over them, and what, what I'm believing for is not what other family members are speaking. But that's what I'm speaking. And if I let 
what everybody else says discourage me, and if I would let what even my natural mind would tell me, yeah, but you know, everybody's speaking this, and most of the people that are around him are not speaking that, and well, yeah, you just need to just give it up and give in. Not if God doesn't say. See, that's why I got to hear the voice of God. On Wednesday nights in September, starting the 18th of September, we're going to tie all this together with talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I encourage you to invite people that have never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we're going to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's the key to our connection to what God wants to do in this above and beyond anything we ask or think thing. We were created to live in those experiences. I'm telling you, we're living in the best time ever in the history of the planet. You know why? Because God just always gets better. It's not because of everything around us is great. It's because of the revelation that is available to us today. Everybody say, thank God for revelation. Amen? He said, on this rock will I build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. What is that? It's the rock of the revelation of who God is and then God working in us. And he said he would do above and beyond anything that we can even ask or think of according to that power that's working in us. It's the combination of his living word becoming real to us and that word becoming real, revealed to us by the Holy Ghost, who is the true teacher. And when you've got those two components combined and working together, there's no end to it. I'm talking about when it's working in you. They're working together. There's nothing that's separating the two of them. They're not battling over who's the most important one. Oh, I'm the Holy Spirit, and I'm here, and I should be the one. I should get, be getting all that, you know, the perks and all the stuff. No, they're not battling. No, they flow together. The living word, Jesus, and the person of the Holy Spirit, they flow together. And when you have those two components working on the inside of you, there's no end to what can happen. Can you say amen to that? So he said, I have that ability to let my heart to not be troubled, and to not let it be afraid. I have that ability. God made me that way. I promise you there's many times when I feel like I don't have, not only do I not have the ability, I, I, I don't even know how to do it at different times in my life. I've been faced with that. But the more I've put the word to work, and the more I've addressed situations with the word when fear would come, or fear would try to get on me, when I would practice it and put the word to work, it would begin to work to where I became confident that the word is true. That if God says he hasn't given me fear, meaning I don't have to receive fear, then when fear comes, I have the power and the ability to what? Reject it. Huh? To resist it. To give it no place in my life. I have the ability to do that. And he said, you do that with my peace. We talked about that, went into detail about what that looks like from the peace of God. If you, did, you weren't here, go back and listen to those. But just remember that peace and that confidence that God is real and his word is real is the proof of your victory. And man, when your tongue is tied to your spirit, man, and you're saying things that you really believe, you get the results. And time and time again, we read 
about results that came immediately. The next day, the next hour, things happen because that's the way the Spirit works. When you actually believe that what you say is going to happen when you say it, that's when you get results. Not that, and, and it doesn't mean that when I'm confessing the word on a day-to-day basis and I'm developing a routine of confession in my life, that, that that's a waste of time, but I'm not, I, I, I was, I, I'm not made to confess the word to try to get something to happen. And we've got to separate the two of those. The majority of what I confess day to day is to change the way I think so when I get in those situations, I have something to say that I actually believed in. And it doesn't mean that you had, you know, 25 years of schooling to develop a belief system. You ever spoken something that just like, it's like it just came out of you and you go, where did that come from? It kind of shocked you. Because you were doing what you were told, you were developing it, it was getting real, and then when something came at you and it came after you and it got in your face, you had something to say. And you know where it didn't come from? It didn't come from your head. It came out of your spirit. That's what produces results. When I was growing up in the church world, and I was hearing a lot of this, I was hearing a lot about confession and, and, and the prayer of faith and speaking the word of God and those kind of things. There, you know, there were, there, were, there were a lot of things that were kind of, it's like we threw it all, people threw it all in a bag and they shook it all together trying to make something happen. And I'm not saying all the teachers did that, but people just did that. Because, you know, you can't get in a hurry in learning how to be a doer of the word and to believe in God's plan. You have to, it's amazing the way that the Word of God works like a puzzle. There's pieces that fit. And a lot of times, people have tried to walk in faith with missing pieces because there wasn't enough time spent developing what God really says and what, what God wants you to, how He wants you to operate and how He wants you to deal with situations day to day. And, and, and many times when you know, in, in, in days past, years past, when, you know, we would get together and we'd pray and we'd kind of yell and scream and spit and do all the kind of thing, expecting things to happen and something didn't happen, there was discouragement that really set in. But through the years, you know, God has shown me how that not everything is the way it appears to be. But when you look at the, at the, at the foundational verse of Scripture, that is the key to being free from all fear, which is Mark eleven twenty three. 23. It says, and, 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 and it's coming out of a story where Jesus cursed a fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree, and he said, no one will ever eat fruit from you. Next day, they pass by, and it's withered up from the roots. Next day. Next day. It's withered from the roots. And... And Jesus said this in verse 23. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he'll have everything that he says. 
And the key word there is believe. The key word is believe. It's not saying it's believing. Because you can say all day long and not believe. And this month, this coming month, that's what we're talking about is the separation and the difference in confessing something and really believing something that comes out of the inside of you that changes things around you. And that's why I'm believing that everybody sitting in here tonight and many more people will see these Ephesians 3 type experiences manifest in their life because of what they believe. And it's not, believing is not something that's that difficult, but it has to be understood inside of you. You've got to understand it in here, how you believe. And that's what we'll talk about. But in talking about fear and finishing this tonight concerning fear, when Jesus, who is our peace, rules and controls our inner man, then we have that ability to let fear and trouble and the lack of peace know you're not ruling in our lives. I'm just telling you tonight, any of you that have been that have lacked peace, that have been troubled in your heart, and that you've been in fear because of certain circumstances and situations, I'm believing that's leaving you tonight. When I lay my hands on you tonight, I'm releasing over you the liberty and the freedom from torment and fear and dread of any kind in the name of Jesus. I believe that. And I believe it's even happening as you're sitting here tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen? Galatians 3.29 we talked about. <clears throat> he said, if you're Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed, and you're heirs according to the promise, the promise of the Spirit, which connects you to every promise in God's Word. There's over, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't even remember how many promises that there are in God's Word, but there's a bunch of them. He said, if you're Christ, if you're born again, if you're Christ, say, I'm of Christ, okay? Then you're Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to everything that he's promised in his word. 2 Timothy 1.7, and I'm going to read this in the, in the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power of love and self-discipline. To discipline, let me say it like this. To discipline yourself to do something in any area of life, it means something to you today on this side of what, what a, say, a year from now discipline is going to look like versus being staying disciplined for a whole year and looking back and seeing what that discipline has done. There's no comparison. And most people that try to judge what self-discipline by the Spirit of God produces are trying to judge it from here. Or maybe from here. See, we tried it from here to here, but we got tired of it. That's where the power is lost. You see, because if you're, not, if you're not self-disciplined to renew your mind with the Word of God on a day-to-day -day basis, then 
your thinking, you'll get to here and you stop it. And, and you had some, some things that were happening here, but they weren't necessarily, you know, what happened in this, this short time that you were doing the Word, you didn't necessarily see total manifestation maybe in anything in your life. So you get to here, and then discouragement tries to set in because it looks like it's not working, and then you get off of that, and then you go the rest of the year kind of hit and miss and every once in a while, and well, it just really doesn't work. And then you look back on it, and it's like, you know, it's not worth it. You're trying to figure out something else to do. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing else to do in life than to be free from fear. I mean, if you're free from fear, you can do anything. Did you, did you hear me? You can accomplish anything if you are free from fear. And that self-discipline, he said, God has not given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but he's given me a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. He's given it to me. Everybody say, God gave it to me. So, so am I trying to be self-disciplined in my own ability? Absolutely not. Not if you're speaking the Word. Not if you're praying and declaring God's Word. And I'm not talking about God knows your schedule. God knows how busy of a person that you are and the things that you've got going on around you. It's not two or three hours that you have to do. It may turn into two or three hours because that's what you want and you work your schedule around it. But if you just give God 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, and you begin to develop how to speak the word. I'm going to give you some charts and, and give you some examples this next month of how that I've spoken the word, how I've developed that mindset in me. Every time I hear the word preached, every time I hear the word preached, I have another confession come out of that. Something will be said in a message, and I'll go, man, I need to be saying that every single day. Right? Why? Why? Because by your words, are you justified by your words? Are you condemned? Are you, are, are you not victorious? You're not overcoming. See, by your words, you're either on top by your words or you're underneath by your words. But one way it's working for you. God wants, us, God wants it working for us because of what we're saying about how great he is. It's all about God. I'm telling you tonight, it's all about him. The whole thing is about him. But you know what? He's all about us. God is all about us. That song we sang tonight about a good, good father, I mean, that's what he is. He's a good, good father. And you know what he, good, that good, good father, he loves us. The Bible says he loves you and I as much as he loves Jesus. And what, and what is to come, it, what's to be reciprocating is our love for how much, we love him because of how much he loved us, not vice versa. You'll, you'll never love him by trying to love him. But the more you find out how much he loved you and what he's done for you and how he's established and empowered you, man, the love just, I mean, it begins to flow. How awesome is my God, you know? And when you face something that wants to get the best of you, that puts, trying to put fear on you and grip you, and you realize that's not from God and you resist that, man, what, what do you think that does to God's heart? When you and I stand up to some stupid mess that's trying to come at us, some try to some strive for division or this kind of, you know, and when we stand up, no, I, I'm not putting up with it. Man, I mean, it excites God. Amen? And God wants you and I right in the middle of that on a day-to-day -day basis. 
The Amplified in 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. I said he's already given that to you and I. So there's really no excuse. It's just we just have to develop it. You're not going to figure that out and get that right. If you're an undisciplined person, you're not going to become disciplined in three days. You just got to start practicing. Just start doing something that you haven't done before and just stay with it. It's just take a little thing and, and let a little thing become something that you begin to feel good about that, you know what, I've stayed with this and I've gotten rid of this or I've quit doing that or I've quit saying that. Next month, I keep talking about Sunday. You think I should have just preached it tonight? Um, but, but next week, we're, we're going to talk about how, how many things that you're not aware of that come out of your mouth that shouldn't, that are actually working against you. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Well, just watch and, and see. And, and, it's, and I'm not saying you're not good, but, but, but I promise you, you can get better. And God wants us better because he wants us in Ephesians 3.20. And I'm telling you, the power working in you is a result of what you believe. And you'll never believe things if you don't change what you say. Anyway, back to fear. <clears throat> so um, I want to end with this tonight in, in Romans 8. We started this last week, and I, I want to go back to verse 11. I want to start with verse 11 tonight. Um, and... <clears throat> And I just want to expound on a couple things, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to read a few verses here, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 31 and read that, uh, read uh, from verse 31 to 39. Uh, but in verse 11 of Romans 8, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he said, if, I say he does. How about you? Okay, so, so I'm going to read it like that. So since the spirit, of, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, he who raised Christ from the dead, he also gives life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells inside of you. So my healing, my health, my wholeness, my prosperity, everything I need in life is inside of me. I said it's in me. Same spirit, if you're born again, then it's in you. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in us, and he's got it all. Not will be someday, it's already there. Not, 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 not will be someday, it's there, it's already been established. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Therefore, because of what is already established, we're not debtors to the flesh. We're not indebted to the flesh. And, and we talked about last week that the flesh there is the carnal realm, the five physical senses. In other, words, in other words, I'm not in debt to what I see, what I feel, what I hear, those things that come through my ear. Listen, you, you hear things that are not right, they need to go in one ear and out the other. 
Not hear the word and let it go in one ear and out the other. You need all the other stuff to go in one ear and out. We're not indebted to the things of the flesh. Watch what he said. To, to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, if we're moved by what we see, if we're moved by what we hear, if we're moved by this thing, that thing, this situation, when fear comes at us and gets on us and, and, and it tries to control us and get inside of us and we don't know how to resist it, we got to die to those things. That's what it said right here. He said, we're not indebted to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, to the five physical sense realm, then you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you'll live. How do you do that? By knowing what the will of, the, of God is in a situation, and that will coming out of my mouth, not just in the form of a confession, but in the form of a renewed understanding in mind that is now tied to my spirit, and I'm declaring things from my spirit that are so, and it shuts it down. Give the devil no place. But if I'm not daily putting to death those things, I'm not letting those situations and circumstances that come after me, that I can see with my eyes and hear with my ears, if I'm not putting those things to death, then it'll rule and it'll control and fear will remain and it will stay. Notice what he says after this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... These are the sons and the daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's not what Jesus brought for us. You received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. Now, all, all what I'm breaking down there for just a second, then I'm going to read the end of this chapter. What I want to break down there for a moment is this. We, we've not received, I mean, what, what, what's working against you day to day is the spirit of bondage. It wants to bring you back into things that maybe you've stepped out of or you've been liberated totally free of. You, you ever heard of stories or reports of people that, that were controlled by certain things, they got totally free, and then 20 years later you hear them back involved in that same thing. I mean, I've heard that happen time and time again. How? How, does that, how do those kind of things happen? Because they get away from the Word. They get away from renewing their mind. They get away from what got them where they were going. And you, you pull away from that, then what will happen is that spirit of bondage that's out there trying to get you back where you were before, it's, it, it, you know, you get free one way, it'll come at you like in a dozen other ways trying to pull you down. That, that, the devil works overtime to try to discourage people and get them to believe that they're really not free. But the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? I am free indeed. I'm not going back to nothing. You understand? I mean, I look at my past and I know what's back there, but go back to that? When, I, when I've come out of what I've come out of, why would I want to go back to that? No, we're not going back to anything. We haven't been given a spirit of bondage. But listen, notice he didn't say 
You haven't been given a spirit of bondage, but given a, been given a spirit of liberty. Well, it, it, there's other scriptures that say that, but he didn't say that right there. You've been given a spirit of adoption. There ain't a one of us that deserved to be a, belong to his family. But he adopted us. He engrafted us. Through the blood of Jesus, he brought us into the family. Now I have the spirit of adoption. I'm as much a son as Jesus is. And legally speaking, if you've been adopted, you're almost more legal than a blood relative. Me too. Because everybody sitting in here today has been adopted. And we have access to the throne of God, to the power of God, to the spirit of liberty and freedom that Jesus paid for for us. He has liberated us and he has made us free. Not the spirit of bondage, not pulling us back into, making us think that, you know, this isn't going to happen. Because if, if the devil can convince you God cannot come through with what he's promised, then he has you. He's got you around the neck. And he'll, he'll choke you out, and he'll choke the word out, and he'll choke everything. If he, if he can convince you, God cannot produce what he said he promised. But wait a minute, I, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm Christ's. And if I'm Christ, I'm Abraham's seed, and I'm heir to the promise. Amen? And I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I've got a right to everything that God says is his. I have a right to it because he gave it to me. Through the blood of Jesus. And you know, sometimes people think, well, you know, we're heirs to that in heaven. But Jesus, he already died. Right? He already went to the grave. It couldn't hold him, but he went to the grave. He already died. So my inheritance doesn't start in heaven. My inheritance starts right now amen and that's my inheritance only when i believe it is and if i let voices and circumstances and the carnal flesh try to talk me out of it and tell me no you were created for bondage see everybody else was for freedom but when christ died he saw you and saw well there's no way no he died one time for all people that we'd all be liberated and free and that spirit of bondage that's trying to tell us God can't do it is a lie. Amen? We are heirs to the promise. He died, and we're the recipients of it now in every way. Did you hear what I said? Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, I don't care. Anything in the natural that is negative is no good. The opposite is what has been promised to us. You have trouble sleeping at night? You weren't promised that. You were promised sweet sleep. Yeah. If you, if, if you, if you have fear thoughts about things, you know, you, you can't go somewhere, you can't do something, you can't go to a high place or whatever because you're afraid this, you can't fly on an airplane, you can't, this, all these different kinds of things. If, you, if there are fears in your life, God didn't create you for that. And he's got the ability and the power is already on the inside of you for you to overcome those things. Just depends on what you want. I want free in everything. How about you? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, and I am free indeed. Amen?
in deed and in truth. I am free. How about you? Let me just read this, and then I, and then I want to pray for you. I'm just going to read this in the Message Bible. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't didn't, uh, hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the, to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? He's already done it all. Can you say amen? He's already done everything. And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? Well, I'll tell you what can. I'll tell you what can. Fear. Fear can drive a wedge. Because the Bible says perfect or perfected or developed love casteth out all fear. So we were born into a fear nature. We've carried fear through, our, through the years in our life. And nothing can create a wedge between us except the fear that God couldn't love us, couldn't accept us, couldn't whatever with us because we're so bad. And yet what we just got through reading tonight is he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. He's in this thing for you if you are the only one. Man, I, I just love that thought right there. Amen. There is no way, no trouble, not hard times, not hatred. Not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying, threats, and backsliding, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Not even that can separate us from the love of God. Down to the last couple of verses. I'm absolutely convinced, Paul said, that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. I'm telling you tonight, Jesus has embraced you. He loves you more than you could ever imagine anybody loving you. He has empowered you. And I'm telling you today, by the spirit of God from inside of me, your best days are ahead of you. And and you need to believe that that is true for you, that your best days are ahead of you, best days. And, and, and I'm just telling you right now, if you do, just where you're, where you're sitting, if you'd stand to your feet real quick. I'm telling you tonight what, what, what I want you to do. I, I was gonna have everybody come and stand up here in the front but I'm just going to have you lay your hand on yourself because I I feel like that tonight what I'm going to say is more important than me touching. Okay? What I'm fixing to say right here is more important than that. Everybody just close your eyes if you would. Just close your eyes and just see the hand of God just touching you. You touch yourself. You put your hand on yourself and you receive this tonight in the name of Jesus. 
As Paul said, that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing, nothing at all will ever separate you. Nothing will get in between you and your relationship with God. No fear of any kind, no dread, no torment. And the next time, now listen to me, the next time that fear and dread of any kind try to come at you or try to get on you, you remember tonight, you remember what Pastor Bert said, because I'm saying what God says is so. That did not come from God. God will never, ever, ever speak to you in fear, ever. He will never tell you something from a fear-filled position to try to convince you to do something. He's a still, small voice. He'll speak what the truth is, but he will never speak through fear. The next time, Fear or dread of any kind. Something maybe you came in and you brought in here tonight. That's not from God. And you resist it and you don't receive it. And right now, I speak over each and every one of you and I declare there is no more fear in your life. No fear. No dread. No torment. No sleepless nights. Nothing... No, no, no place that the enemy is going to get a wedge in where you don't feel loved and accepted by God, that you're not good enough, you're worthless. There's something, some lie that the enemy has told you. Every one of those is rooted in fear. Tonight, I'm telling you, no more in you. And from tonight on, every time those kind of thoughts come, you remember 2 Timothy 1.7, God didn't give you that, but he gave you power, love, and a disciplined mind and a tongue that can declare the Word of God. And when you do that, you're going to see results. I'm telling you tonight, you're going to see results over fear like you've never seen before, ever in your life. I know it. I pray for you every day. I pray and believe God for you. You're set up for that. You're liberated and you are free in the name of Jesus Christ. No spirit of bondage, no bondage whatsoever. You're liberated and free and you will be all the days of your life. I believe that. I declare it. I decree it. I receive it on your behalf tonight. You receive it on your behalf in the name of Jesus now. Amen. Amen. And amen. Father, we rejoice. We give you glory. We thank you how real and true that you are, how real and true that your word is to us. We thank you, Father, for Ephesians 3.20 experiences manifesting and happening in our lives in ways we never dreamed. I believe it, and I expect to hear the testimonies, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Everybody said amen.